0: I think that liminal space is a time of tension because it's pulling something into, into the now that, but it's not here yet. It's like Mm. this, almost this idea of, um, like a tension bridge and the only way that you can get from one side to the other is with all the lines being taught and with it actually being, being tense, Mm. And and kind of the, the other kind of in, image in my head is uh, when you're climbing a ladder and it's like you you let go of one rung, but you haven't quite grabbed the other one yet. And it's this like, yeah, it's just it's tension. Like, mm. I think that in a liminal space and in a, in a time where new growth is about to happen and where something fresh and new is coming, you're about to get to the other side of the bridge, like during the whole course of that, it's tense. <laughs> And, and learning to be okay with the, the tension and embracing the tension. Um, and I think that as I've worked with artists over the past years, I now am a firm believer that that's a huge part of what artists are. I guess kind of like what we do is, is navigate the, the voluminal space or the tense, um, the tense spaces, um, we really are like question askers and um, mm. we aren't comfortable just staying in the, in the traditional, this is how it's always been. We, we wanna go to the new. And so we're willing to jump out and start going to the new, but then within that there's, yeah, there's tension.
1: When I met you, it was such a, a unique experience. Yeah, it was. Uh, both because we met in Prague and Prague is like my I would love to go back there. It was such a Me bummer too. that right after we were there, the pandemic broke out because I just mm-hmm. felt like I would love to like dig deep and peel away the layers of this city and just like feel it in my body and in my bones because it was such yeah. a special city I don't think I've it ever really been is. in a place like that that I felt like oh my gosh wait a minute it, it has a, a spirit about it that I really really loved so that was cool but then yeah we also met and had a great time even though it was short so I'm really excited to chat with you and I'm really really glad that you said yes to this
0: Oh, that's so great. I'm really excited too. And I definitely agree about Prague. It's one of the few places that I, I'm like, I, I would, I would want to go back. feels like there's more, it's got a lot of layers. I think that city.
1: Absolutely. Cool. So we're going to dive into the conversation. It's great because we don't know each other that well. We've met a couple of times and had great conversations. So I'm looking forward to also getting to know you a bit better Uh, and to kind of ease into our conversation. I would love if you could share a little bit about who you are and your background and what you do and all that cool stuff that I got a glimpse of when I met you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, yeah, as you know, I live in Spain, in Barcelona, Spain, currently, but I grew up in uh, a little town named After Creek in Northern California, and my dad was a woodworker and then a teacher, and my mom um, was a complete hero who raised us four kids, and then I moved to Spain in 2006. I moved to Spain five over five years ago. <laughs> over five years ago, <laughs> I moved. I moved to Spain, and I'm I'm a visual artist. Uh, so mostly photography and video, and then lately I've been dabbling in mixed media and collage art and that kind of a thing. Um, and I work currently for a nonprofit, and specifically my everything that I do I really I really believe in in creativity and art and the essential nature of that for humanity and for the future of humanity and so um that sounds so big and dramatic but basically, for humanity, I, uh, but basically I, I, I agree with you
1: a hundred percent so that makes us both dramatic if it is I don't it's think, think it good. is <laughs>
0: Yeah, for the sake of humanity. But I, yeah, I really just think that it's really vital um, part of the human experience. And so, I within the nonprofit that I work with, specifically, my role is to help uh, cultivate platforms for creative communities to thrive and to have the resources that they need to thrive. So, what that looks like right now is working with an international artist collective. And running residency programs um, and, and yeah, shorter programs and workshops, as well as uh, we started up an art studio space because I work with um, I work also with a program that works with skateboarders. And so my role with them is to help provide platforms for skateboarders to explore their, their creativity. Skateboarders are all very, very creative, but a lot of times they don't have uh, the resources and the platforms to grow grow a lot in that and so uh yeah so we started a art studio space for for local artists and for skateboarders and work with a um uh photography darkroom that also is for uh for skateboarders as well and that I think is the brief summary of yeah of what I'm what I'm what I'm doing what I'm passionate about
1: Yes. Amazing. I think that that is also kind of how we connect it was conversations mm-hmm. around creativity, around exploring how to engage with young people uh, and how to grow our creativity. Um, and I am 100 percent with you. I also believe that creativity is essential and vital to the human existence. And so thank you for sharing that. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on the podcast, Sarah, is because I randomly found out <laughs> during one of our conversations that, um, you, uh, had a burnout a couple of years ago, and maybe this doesn't sound very nice or like very, you know, it, maybe it sounds weird, but most people that I've met that, um, have experienced burnout have been the most people that I find wisdom and insights from about navigating liminal space. It's very interesting Mm -hmm. um, because for a lot of them that have navigated it well, especially people that have healed and kind of found themselves on the other side, uh, it's incredible kind of their perspective on life and their insights on change and, our growth in transitions. And so it was such a nice surprise. I mean, it wasn't nice that you burnt out. So, you know, just to make that clear, Um, but I thought that it was such a weird, I was so excited because I was like, you have so much then to share. So what happened that got you to a place of burnt out?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't surprise me at all that, I've never thought about that before of people who've gone through burnout, finding that they tend to have wisdom or maybe live in a different way, but that doesn't surprise me at all. And it makes total sense because I think part of what a burnout is, is like a breaking open. It's like suddenly being broken open and having to deal with everything that has been stacking up inside. Um, And so you have multiple choices in how you want to deal with that. And if you deal with it in the way of processing it through, I think that there's crazy wisdom that comes out of that and just a completely different lifestyle and a completely different way of seeing the world. And yeah, so that's interesting. I never really put that together, but, um, yeah, so here's the story. <laughs> I, it was 2018. uh, let's see like I said, I'm, I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to start actually, I'm going to start a little bit further back with um, what my personality is, because I think that has every, everything to do with how I got to where I was. Um, I, On the Enneagram, I'm, I'm a seven. And so my tendency is to be very optimistic and to, you know, hard things come and it's like, all right, it's hard, but you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Everything's okay. And very much my, yeah, my tendency is just to 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 push down, which I think a lot of people do that. But uh yeah, that was something that I definitely came to realize about myself in the midst of all this is that um yeah I mm I say it yeah I'm a I'm an avoider I'm a pain pain avoider I'll avoid pain at all costs or at least that's how I used to live my life. And so I think that a burnout uh can happen. I think it happens with just the the stacking up of a lot of things. And it can be even like just a lot of little things or big things and little things, but just basically getting to the point where you can't handle it anymore. And I think that it's, this is just from my own experience. I think that it, it's all, not all, but a massive portion of it is emotional and like, and, and mental. And it's having like, you know, just all these things that you're not getting out of you. And so I think that basically I I lived my life like that up until 2019. (laughs) And that's when I couldn't anymore. And that's when like the, the breaking open started. And so, uh, it also ironically was the year that I turned 30, um, or maybe not so ironically. And so I, uh, I was running this residency program and it was, uh, right after it ended, It ended in March, right after it ended, I took a week. I already was planning to take a week to do just a little bit of like rest and recoup and debrief myself on how it went and different things. And by the second day, I suddenly just started feeling really sick. And so it was this weird sick though, where it was like pain in my lower back and headache and um and I don't know just like just weird and strange and then I also was exhausted like but the kind of exhausted that's like to your bones exhausted and I remember telling my friend telling my friend this and I like I didn't leave my my house for 10 days and I remember telling my friend and she was like oh that's interesting it sounds almost like symptoms of burnout (laughs) And I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. And I also have a tendency to think that things will blow over quickly. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll take these days, I'll rest, and then back to to life as normal. And I, I, so I kind of started trying to do life as normal again. Um, But about a month later, this was a month before my 30th birthday. And so a month later I had flown to Los Angeles to spend my birthday with some some close friends and the last day that I was there they sat me down two of my friends sat me down and they said hey sir we just wanted to ask like how are you doing and i was like oh i'm i'm good you know i'm i'm doing good and they were like are you are you sure <laughs> are you sure because these past several days that you've been here you don't like smile as big as you normally do and they're you don't like, you just seem even in photos, like you're different and you just seem tired. Like just seems like you're really tired. And I was like, Oh, well, you're probably picking up on, you know, about a month ago, I had this little mini burnout and, you know, maybe you're just picking up on that, but everything's fine now. (laughs) Everything's back to normal. And, and basically that conversation I've learned as, as well with my, uh, With my with myself that I need to trust when other people tell me things because maybe I can think everything's fine, but I can only with my personality. It's almost like I only access a certain level of my emotions, and there's a lot more down there that sometimes other people can actually see into, and I I'm not even fully aware of. And so I've learned more and more to listen when people say things like that and to take it seriously. And so I took it seriously, and um, I remember I got in the car with my other friend. And, and she was like, what did they just, what did they just ask you? What did they just say to you? And I explained. And then when I got to the part where I was like, yeah, even, even our other friends said I like that they noticed, I just seemed really, really tired. And, and then I just lost it. Like I was just like losing it in the car with her. And I'm like, and she's like, you are tired, huh? And I was like, I'm so tired. (laughs) I'm so tired. And, and that's what kind of started then the like, the process of 2019 and like digging out a bunch of stuff, and I remember specifically um, at the time we were cleaning out this old storage space to make a the art studio space. We were converting it into an art studio space, and there's a bunch of random crap in there. And some of the stuff I remember one time someone was like walking by me with a stack of encyclopedias, and they're so heavy, and I was like w- watching them walk by, and I was like. Oh, that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm carrying around a stack of books that are these unread, unspoken words and stories and emotions. And I need to get this out. And I remember a friend even telling me once too, she said, Yeah, I think that's totally true. And she's like, Some of those books aren't even your books. They're like books from other people that you've picked up along the way. And you need to like let them go and you need to process them out, you know? And So, yeah, basically, that started my whole cleaning out process of 2019. And even specifically in the summer, another key conversation was one with a friend from Norway who told me that uh, I explained to her the story, and she has also gone through burnout. And when I explained the story to her, she said, That's great that you're realizing this. But if you don't change anything in your life, in your lifestyle, then it's completely pointless that you've experience that you've experienced this and realized this Mm -hmm. and she's like how are you how are you going to change how are you going to like change your lifestyle and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) that's really good (laughs) and so I was putting things into a lot of different things into practice to help me to figure out what was going on emotionally and art was a big part of that it was the first year that I used art as a as a method and a way to get emotions out and that kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, I could say a lot more about it, but I don't know if you have more more specific questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. But uh, I mean, before I get into that, thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's such sacred space when people share like mm. pieces of their stories with me. Um, and I honor that. And so thank you for that. It's like a little yeah. divine moment, if you would. Um, and you told it so well. And I, I am sorry that you experienced something like that. Uh, but just, like, different things that you said about, like, calling burnout a breaking open, I think you called it. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's such a beautiful way to put it. I mean, I of course, we shouldn't all go around, like, until we get burnt out and then learn, right? But I think that that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. imagery of when we break open, something happens to us that changes the trajectory of our lives, really. Um, yeah. I think too because it makes me think of something. Just,
0: I honestly think I thought this a lot. I think that at the end of the day, it's almost necessary to have the burnout. Like you can try to protect people from burnout, but it's never going to work because you don't get it. You don't get it until it happens, and you think you're okay until it happens. And and I, I mean, I I've, I I've watched my brothers go through a burnout, and I I would tell them, you know, hey you guys are working like crazy. Hey, watch out. You know, this is what, but, it, but I also was not expecting them to listen at all because you don't like when you're in that place, you don't. And so almost, it almost makes me think of if you're watching someone head towards burnout, of course, of course, being there to be speaking the words of wisdom, but also understanding and having the grace that they might just have to run right into it. And then you can just be there to help pick up the pieces and help like walk them through the breaking open essentially. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't know. I don't, I just personally don't know a single person who got it before the the, burn, the burnout, if they were really headed towards it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I, I have a very close friend of mine who also burnt out. And when I was chatting with her, what I realized was that it it, it's not easy to tell you know because like it's not one Mm -hmm. stroke of brush for everyone it depends on your personality like you mentioned I'm glad it depends on your capacity and your just Mm -hmm. kind of your makeup and so sometimes it could be that someone heading for for a burnout just means someone else's kind of ability and capacity to do more things and that's why it's absolutely, I think, essential to be intentional and pay attention to who we are and how we work and um, taking seriously when to discover the difference between when we are, you know, on the road to burnout yeah. versus when we're just pushing ourselves to do hard work. Yeah. Um, but that's right. so beautiful. Um, there are a couple of things I want to unpack with what you just shared. So you talked about your friend that shared about you changing well what did you learn like what was the process of change how did you even embrace it because I think technically or theoretically everybody likes the idea of change I found that even for myself and like whether it's work or life it's like yeah let's change but I don't think (laughs) we really understand what that means when it actually needs to happen Um, and so if you could share like. What actually inspired you to then say, "Okay, I'm gonna change"? The information or the awareness that something is wrong isn't enough. I'm gonna engage in the actual process of change.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question of um, what was it? Because I think a lot of times we hear information and we hear people saying, "Hey, watch out!" or "Hey, you should do this!" or "Hey, you know," and and we just don't take it and we and we don't fully get it or hear it or actually step into the change so I think that's a really interesting and important question and I realized when you were saying it I'm like wow I think what it was for me is I was scared I think that this experience was so intense and I could see that it was mm, I was like scared for my health, like scared for my health. I was scared for, is this going to have long lasting effects to my health, to my mind? Like, um, I think that's what got me moving and actually got me to be like, okay, whatever, whatever it takes, I need to figure this out. And whatever it takes, I need to like, yeah, unpack what's going on inside of myself. And, um, yeah, I lived for a long time it's, it's super interesting because I, I've lived for a long time with this feeling like uh, something was like rotting inside of me. And I think it was all of those unprocessed emotions. And, but you, you get, so we get so accustomed to how, what's going on, you know, we get accustomed to life and we get accustomed to even discomfort or pain to the point where we just think it's normal and we're living our lives, but it's, I think so crazy to me now. And I, to be honest, I thought that's a whole nother conversation. Of I didn't think I was ever going to like get back to how I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but like it's hap- now it's happening, but again, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. But I think, yeah, I think that that's really what was, what drove me to be like, okay, whatever it takes, I need to get this figured out. And so then that's when I started putting things intentionally in place to get better. So I'll I'll give you a quick little list. First off, I always believed in therapy and thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And 2019 was the first year that I was like, because I, I was always a firm believer in like I think it can help anyone at in any point of life. You know, it's always gonna be a positive thing. But 2019 was the year that I was like, I need it. <laughs> I need therapy and I need it now. <laughs> and so I started doing I started doing therapy. I started um super intentionally processing processing my feelings through journaling and art and visuals. And, um, and I, I struggle really a lot with connecting with my emotions. Um, and so I literally would have to sit, I think it's different for different people. Some people just can feel what they need to feel and they feel it and they feel in the moment and they, they let it out and then there it goes. But I think for me, the, the best way I can explain it, and I don't know if this is personality or if this is habit, like years and years of habit. But it's the best way I can describe it is like if I feel something, some sort of a what I've deemed as a negative emotion, um, which all all emotions are just communicating to us. So I don't think there's necessarily like negative emotions. But if I've deemed it as negative, then what happens is it's like,, um, it's like water coming in, and like it, like it starts raining or whatever it is, and then the water goes down through a hole in the earth and goes into these underground rivers and that's where the water naturally goes and so I just let the water flow directly down there and so I almost feel like I didn't even feel it if that makes sense and but they're down there because the water needs to come out at some point and and so I had to learn how to like I would sit myself down in the morning and I'd be like okay Sarah what are you feeling? And I'd have to like dig up, like dig the well to get down to the water and be like, like, it wouldn't just come like that. I'd have to like dig it up. Mm -hmm. And, and I would also, I remember I would like take advantage when something would trigger something and, you know, you have like suddenly a little fountain shoots up and you're like, Oh, there's some water. (laughs) Like, wow, I'm really sad about that. Or, Oh, I'm really angry about that. And then it would be like, all right, quick, Sarah, feel it, process it out. (laughs) like take advantage that you're being like hit by this you know and so being intentional to process my emotions and feel them and get them out that was that was one and then um let's see what else uh sabbath just like mm. rest and learning which that's like a whole huge topic that everyone's talking about these days and that's good <laughs> cuz um yeah learning what rest is and what rest actually is what deep rest is mm. living in a city uh rest is not rest has to be fought for and i mean it has to be fought for anywhere but yeah just learning like what <laughs> what gives yeah what gives deep rest cuz it's one thing to just sit on the couch and watch netflix all day but that's not deep rest that's like that's numbing you know and so learning and figuring out what is deep rest and mm-hmm. what is it for me and i i mean i had a day a week that was completely blocked off where I didn't do anything. Like, I woke up in the morning and I, and I was like, "Okay, what's going to give me life? To, what do I want to do? What does my heart need to, today?" And I wouldn't see anyone, and I wouldn't like. People would say, "Oh, can we hang out?" You know, for my for me, it was my I think it was my Tuesdays, and so they're like, "Hey, can we hang out on Tuesday?" I'd be like, "Can't, can't, can't hang out the whole day. <laughs> whole day's blocked off." <laughs> and so I like guarded that with my life, and mm-hmm. I think that really helped a lot um so those were some things yeah
1: yeah there's so many good things there sarah i love the fact that you talked about fear as kind of the motivation to embrace the like the process of change because i i had a guest last year who like blew my mind like i really respect him he shared like a story um and i asked him what happened kind of a similar question and he said you know what i was so afraid for like my family that i had to like do something that was his initial motivation for basically creating the life that he lives right now which is i think is fantastic and i think that the interesting thing that i found find about you mentioning fear is normally like fear is this like big bad thing that nobody should kind of feel or mostly culture is like, don't, you know, don't feel fear or don't pay attention to fear. And of course there, there are like many truths to that, but sometimes fear can be the fuel that, that pushes us to start something great. And uh, it doesn't mean that we're Constantly or continuously motivated by that, but I just found it incredibly. Um, I don't know it just struck me that that was mm-hmm. kind of your process as well. I wonder, like, what could fear teach us if we embraced it at different moments? Again, I think that there's a thin line because I don't think our life should mm-hmm. be our life should be guided by fear. But just could that sometimes that be kind of the introduction into cultivating something great or something meaningful in life it's being so afraid of the alternative that you you do what's best in, in some ways
0: it reminds me of something that one of my friends said once that um she she was just saying it. she was like i think that really at the end of the day the thing really the thing that drives all of all of us towards like even like towards a positive thing in life or towards yeah our 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 purpose and all of that is is fear of the yeah fear of the opposite fear of the mm-hmm. other yeah and, and I think there's I think there's a truth to that yeah I don't because mm-hmm. part of me wants to say like oh well, we shouldn't be driven by fear but then at the same time maybe it's just maybe it's that thing of listening just being able to listen to what it's communicating to you. Yeah. And maybe there's some good stuff in it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent with you because yeah, by default I'm also like, no, no, like what (laughs) fear, but I'm like, yeah, to pay attention to it. It could be of utility uh, sometimes.
0: I think it's a really interesting concept because I think, I guess in general, I guess that is the reality with all emotions where it's like, we don't want to be driven by them but they are communicating something and mm-hmm. that's very positive. And so to be listening to what they're communicating is super key. So maybe it wouldn't be as much, obviously not being driven by fear, but actually sitting down with your fear and listening to it and being like, okay, what's, what's go- what's going on. And, and if that's the catalyst for change, then I think that's pretty, yeah, pretty great.
1: Yeah. That That's such a beautiful way of putting it. I totally agree. I also love the fact that you talked about rest and how that played a key role in your process. Because I <laughs> like rest is such an interesting topic to talk to people about. I love the fact that you mentioned uh, something about sitting down and watching like TV, whether it's Netflix or whatever, other options are there, and people are like I'm resting, and it's like, well, <laughs> um, are you? Uh, and also, just I, I I've done like, uh, do you know John MacComber? It's like a yeah. an author. Wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. D- does
0: he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, He's a the pastor. One who did. Uh, yeah, yeah. He head. did fight or, or fight, hurry and hustle, or to hell with the yes, hustle. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, the Ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless elimination of hurry. Uh, yeah. so I really love his content and his perspective on rest and I it's it's I think it's I beautiful. Agree. Um but also kind of how I think rest is not just something you do so you continue working, you know? Like it's like, oh, recover and then work. It's like it's a lifestyle. It's in some ways um, how the human m- nature is made up it's you have to integrate rest um and sabbath into your rhythm um and not look at it just as something you need to do so that you can get back to doing more work Uh, and the redefinition of work and rest and vocation uh, i think he he captures it beautifully and um I think you echo also something that I've heard a lot from people that have navigated burnout. Like it's rest and it's it's beyond rest. It's like it's a key component of changing um, rhythms and lifestyles, and uh, it, in order to move forward in a positive way. Yeah, liminal space is a space that um, fosters creativity and newness. Uh, And it's really that if you harness its power, it's usually painful, uh, usually chaotic, uh, powerful in the way that it could destroy you or make you, really. Um, But it's really a space that... uh, Generates creativity. It's like if you want to create something new, <laughs> uh, that's somewhere that's that's the space you want to find yourself in. And so I wonder, like, what have you observed in your own story about uh, your creativity or your approach to newness? Have did you notice something about that um, in your own experience with liminal space? Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and it's interesting because I was thinking about it earlier today of liminal space and and that concept and how um, I think that I think that one of the things to through that whole story one of the things that I learned more and more how to embrace and I'm still trying to learn how to embrace is the idea of tension, mm-hmm. and I think that liminal space is a time of tension because it's pulling something into into the now that but it's not here yet it's like Mm. this almost this idea of um like a tension bridge and the only way that you can get from one side to the other is with all the lines being taught and with it actually being being tense Mm. and and kind of the the other kind of image in my head is uh when you're climbing a ladder and it's like you you let go of one rung but you haven't quite grabbed the other one yet and it's this like yeah, it's just, it's tension. Like, mm. I think that in a liminal space and in a in a time where new growth is about to happen and where something fresh and new is coming, you're about to get to the other side of the bridge. Like, during the whole course of that, it's tense. <laughs> and, and learning to be okay with the, the tension and embracing the tension. Um, and I think that as I've worked with artists over the past years, I now am a firm believer that that's a huge part of what artists are. Are, are it's a part of our, um, I guess, kind of like what we do is is navigate the the, the space or the tense um, the tense spaces. Um, we really are like question askers, and um, mm. we aren't comfortable just staying in the in the traditional this is how it's always been. We, we want to go to the new. And so we're willing to jump out and start going to the new, but then within that there's, yeah, there's tension. And so, um, all that to say, it's interesting to me that 2019 was the first year I've always done. I've done photography for a really long time and I've done, um, I've done video and I got my degree in visual journalism, but most of what I've always done is, more of that more just journalistic um I've done it as my job for a long time of freelance photography that kind of thing but in terms of art like using it as my my form of expression and my form of uh communication on a very personal level and a vulnerable level that didn't happen until 2019 Mm -hmm. and I think that that's interesting because it almost like it 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 came out of that tension of I've got to get this out like I got to get this out and I need to somehow, and my, my own words aren't going to do it. Like, I can't just say this because this is too much like from my, uh, from my soul. I need to like get this out in a different language. Mm. And, and so using the language of art really helped me. And I did, yeah, through collaging and and music and various things, but um,
1: what was the question again? (laughs) I don't know if that goes kind of with the question. No, I think so. Creativity um, liminal space. Yeah. Like what you've noticed in your own story. And I, cause, th- cause basically you're, you're kind of wondering that, if, yeah,
0: like creativity's connection to liminal space type of a thing mm-hmm. or how I've seen that play out.
1: Yes, exactly. Cause it's, it's the reality. I mean, I have seen it in my own life. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it, sometimes it has to do with my work and other times it has to do with, um, my own personal relationships or habits or whatever. But if I, any sort of significant change that I have paid attention to and engaged honestly with the intention of making things better or becoming better, I've always noticed that um, there will be something, whether it's something as simple as a habit change or A better relationship approach, or um, when it comes to my work, all the you know the the Mm -hmm. my field of of creativity and communication and design, I have noticed that that's always the case. There's no time that I've made like an intentional effort for change. That it was just like, oh, the change happened. It was like, no, there's a new habit. Mm -hmm. Or something new. Um, and I've heard that echo with other people. So that's kind of what I wanted to hear from your perspective, because again, I mean, I don't think it's a pressure. I think it could look different in people's lives. And I just wanted to mm-hmm. know um, kind of what that has looked like for you and you sharing about mm-hmm. um, your work. And I think you've mentioned the word vulnerability a few times mm-hmm. already. And I think that that's something connected to breaking open um that word or that term that you use for burnout and I think it's kind of vulnerability is not like a thing you do. it's like it's just who you are right like it's an approach to life um and and if you if we allow something that is mostly hidden, so pieces of our souls or our hearts or our inner being. Translate into say an art piece or music or whatever, um, then it that makes it something outstanding. I think (laughs) Uh, it makes it it makes it pop out um, and you know it stands out from just another music or
0: another piece of art. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree.
1: Yeah, and it it's
0: like one of my friends always says. uh, It's like, I don't judge art based on if it's good or not. I judge based on, on if it's honest or not. Mm, And I think that that's that's good. We've all, we've all experienced art that's done. um, Like the person is so incredible at their craft and it's so excellently done, but there's nothing below it. Like there's nothing in it. And then there's the other art that we've experienced that maybe the person wasn't the most excellent artist or the best at their what they do but it moved us very very deeply Mm -hmm. because of what was in it and yeah so I think I think that's definitely I yeah I think that that is the way that we should be creating
1: yeah Um, I think yeah I agree 100% I started like this thing um I think since 2017 um late 2017 um i found out that all the work that i created um cuz I, I i'm a writer so i write write copy i do creative writing and uh, but all the work that i did was um for work like i didn't create anything for myself, and it was so. Mm-hmm. I started to notice that, like maybe late 2018, and then 2019, and I kept thinking to myself, "You really should change this. You shouldn't just write um, when, for work purposes." And it wasn't that it was bad; it was just that was just something I thought, "Oh, what are you doing?" Like, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so I, 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 I had like this whole journey of like, "Oh, I really want to change this," and it just never happened. Um, and then this year, I decided to write every day like <laughs> which was I I don't that's know insane. like after two weeks I was like, why did I decide this? It was it's really intense <laughs> uh, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna write every day and I'm gonna curate this on a blog uh, that can potentially go live someday. So that's kind of that was my kind of approach to keep me going um, and so I was good. gonna write about um, like my whole process was about paying attention to all my thoughts over a day, and then the one that stood out the most in memory that I would write something about it. So whether it was a question or an interaction or a piece of information, whatever, uh, just to kind of slow down at you know some point during the day and do that because uh, I, I wanted to also to start paying attention to my thoughts, like what I was. Taken in and and processing in my brain. Um, and, and that, that really made a huge difference because then all of a sudden there's something beyond the logical, like I'm capturing pieces of my inner self Mm -hmm. and my inner processing each experience. Like, Oh, I was really upset about this little thing with my friend. Like, why was I? But if you had asked me, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. It's just something little, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so to your point also that you were sharing earlier wow. on how to deal with stuff as they come instead of giving space for them to like compound and build up. And then, you know, it becomes this mountain that you have to take care of at some point, but to kind of, make that the practice I think that that's such incredible wisdom because when you do it in practice I think it just gives it makes life an open space right as opposed to like this well filled with um, junk basically that you would have to process anyway at some point I think because it just does it it doesn't yeah. disappear on its own so so many good things there Sarah I think Hello. one of the <laughs> sorry go go ahead oh, sorry No, go for it. Like this is, you're (laughs) supposed to be talking. I shouldn't be talking this much. (laughs) No, no, no.
0: No, I was going to say, I really, really like that idea a lot. Um, I think that's also really powerful because when, like you said, not only is it giving you a creative, um, what's the word? Like a creative discipline um, daily, but it's also... Connecting you to, to yourself and to your inner world, and and then being like, yeah, what did stand out today in my thought? I don't know. I think that's just a really cool idea, and it reminds me when, yeah, when I did over 2019 when I was doing collaging to help me kind of get stuff out. It was it was a not exactly the same, but a similar thing of I would just sit down and be like, hey, what am I? Because for me, that was the whole thing of I can't. I want to like connect with my emotions, so I would sit down and be like, what am I feeling right now? what's going on right now. And then I would like put it into, into Mm -hmm. a collage. And so I think that even that idea of something really small doing something really little, but every day, I think that's awesome and is really good for our creativity, for our, our, the sake of our health, like our inner (laughs) inner world health and, um, yeah. 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 And then sure. then the last thing I was just going to say was I like, like you were saying of not letting things build up and it's interesting because just, just the other day I was talking to somebody and we were talking about, I was just explaining like compared to 2019 where I'm at now. And I realized I'm like, Oh, because it's been so long of like, I feel like how I was in 2019 was I did this one collage of it's a girl with just black smoke coming out of her head. <laughs> and I feel like I saw that I on it. Instagram. It just, I
1: thought that that was, yeah. such a cool. I, <laughs> yes, I saw that. I thought, Oh, that's yeah. so expressive. I, yeah, that's, it was, yes. <laughs> 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 that's
0: exactly, that's exactly how I felt. And, and it was this idea of, there's just like, there's something rotting inside of me and it's got to come out, you know, and what's coming out is pretty rotten, you know, but now two years from then. Now, when this person asked me, like, how are you now? I was like, wow, I think my rivers are running pure. Like what's coming Mm -hmm. out of me is like pure, pure water. Like there was, there's been pure water connected to my river for a while now, and it's been slowly flushing out all the rest of it. And now, and now it's, it's so different. And, and so just when you, when you said that of Dealing with the stuff as it comes. I think it it means living, you get to live life a lot lighter. Mm. And yeah, it, it makes for a completely different type of life.
1: I was thinking about a question that just crossed my mind, Sarah. So I know that uh, from personal experience, I speak for myself, like change is always kind of Obstacles and uh, discouragements, and like big and small things that always pop up, kind of the hinders or deters or discourages um, the change to keep on happening or for growth to happen and so um i i've been doing a study on perseverance by the way because i'm just like so Mm. fascinated by that idea um maybe Mm. it's also because kind of i'm working with the theme of second wind in this season um so i'm really like exploring what makes people run a race long enough that they experience second wind um which is like this incredible Mm. phenomenon on its its own but um how did you find the the hope or the courage to persevere through getting to where you are today? Hmm.
0: That's a good question. Uh, Yeah, I think that one of the hardest things in general about change is how long it takes and how frustrating it is so quickly. And so when it takes a really long time, it gets really discouraging and it's easy to lose hope. And I think that specifically with me, with this situation of, of burnout and stuff, I think I, I mean, I, I was at the point in the middle, like, yeah, even just at at the end of 2019 and, and through the midst of it all, I was like, well, I guess this is it. Like, I guess you just, you become an adult and you, you, realize that life is heartbreaking and it's just going to break your heart over and over again and you just that's what it is and I'm like I guess I'll just never have energy again and I guess I'll just never you know like I guess that was that like I had my youth and now I don't
1: yeah it's like you hit 30 and you're like oh my gosh
0: okay yeah and that's the thing is I think I think in general it's not even just a burnout thing I think that when you, even like biologically, I know that things change in us when, once we hit like closer to 30. And I think that we all just kind of realize this thing of like, Oh, life isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, that's a whole big thing that we all go through. And we're just like, Oh, this isn't what I thought. And this isn't what I, how I thought it was. This isn't how it was supposed to go for whatever reason, all of us have different reasons, but Um, having to process that and and realize the complexities of life and how life isn't black and white and how it's not just like this or like that. But all of that I think is, yeah, a really big thing that happens around your 30, like around 30. Um, But anyways, all that to say, I think it's just discouraging how long things can take. And so that being one of the things and the general feeling of like, I'm never going to be okay again, or I'm never going to like, I'm never going to get over this or I'm never going to like, which with like, even with any, a lot of different types of grief and a lot of different types of other things, it's, it's like, you know, just this feeling of like, I'm going to be broken like this forever. And, and I think that that's a really big obstacle or just, I don't even know, know if an obstacle, but it's just a discouraging hard thing and then especially too when you find yourself again in a similar thing it's that you just are so hard on yourself and you're like what is it going to take for me to learn I guess I didn't learn I guess you know like and all this stuff and so I think I think those are the the hard things or at least were were the hard things for me but Mm -hmm. I think that I think that when you say just like what keeps you going or what like what got you to like get back up again, or whatever it is? It's like I think for me, like I had <laughs> this is a an example about just several months ago I was traveling and I was really busy for like three days straight, really, really busy seeing a bunch of different people doing a bunch of different things, giving it my all, and then I started getting sick like the last day, and I knew it was because I just I I ran myself ragged and I like I got so frustrated at myself and so bummed because I was like Sarah what's it going to take like what's it going to take for you to learn and then just this feeling of like my tendency and of of being or going or my my habits I'm like these habits I think these habits could I mean this sounds really extreme But I have another story for another time about when I was 25 and I almost died. (laughs) Oh, I would love to hear that story. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you about that at some point. But it was, it wasn't, it was a, I think it was a very related thing to running myself into the ground. And so it was this, it's just this feeling of like, this habit could kill me. Like, what if this habit kills me? And I, I think that a lot of people have very different, like we all have very different habits and very different, like, um, I don't know, addictions or things that that we experience that it's like, could this thing kill me? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that I think that like what kept me going of like making sure I stay stay with my 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 rhythms and my processing and getting healthier and pursuing and fighting for health is because I didn't see any other choice. I think I was just like, it's this or or what you know <laughs> mm. and so i think i think that was i think that was probably the biggest part of it mm. yeah mm. and this like little shred of hope that i had of someday being able to feel like i felt you know 7 years ago where i lived lighter and i lived freer like maybe maybe i could feel that again mm. and that was like what I held on to.
1: Yeah. Possibilities for the future. It's possible to change. It's possible to build habits. And that only happens when you faithfully build up a habit. Um, I hope people remember that it's not just about change, right? Or just even deciding to change. It's Mm -hmm. also what you do when you're in it because things will happen you know yeah I read this this thing the other day it was really funny even though I think I think it's true it's like your brain is your greatest enemy it just wants to create patterns and that's all it wants to do doesn't want to think about new things yeah but it's not totally possible yeah. to build new habits and have a completely different lifestyle that's actually
0: I yeah I just heard some talking about they were even talking about the depth the depths of like trauma and how you can just like yes you can rewire your brain like there it's such a hopeful thing even with even with the way that our brain creates the highways so like deep and they like it digs the trenches so deep that this is how your brain's going to think but the brain is like a very um Malleable, it it, 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 it it's, can change exactly. exactly. It can regenerate. It can like you know, it's like it can actually change. And and so that's I was listening to it and I'm like that's really hopeful. And also, yeah. So, somebody said the other day the whole idea of how long it takes to redirect, uh, like a neural highway or whatever mm-hmm. they called. <laughs> um, and they talked about they talked about how long it takes, and I don't remember how long it takes, but it was between it was a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you you can look it up and and find out but it was a very it was like a it was like a month or two months yeah, of like I think there's
1: something about like 21 days also like if you yeah, do something for exactly. 21 days without season it builds the habit yeah
0: yeah exactly and so I think that there's something super key in what you were saying of of y- even when it's so hard just to be like to fight for it and to be like no I'm gonna keep doing this I'm gonna do this every day I'm gonna do this every like Doing it until you start to see, oh, okay, there's hope and things are changing
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and to not be discouraged when, cause yeah, that's the, that's the reality is we're so hard on ourselves the second that we're like, oh, I missed three days, I missed five days or I missed, you know, or I'm back to where I was or, you know, and we think, we think like that and we're so hard on ourselves and we just want to give up, <laughs> but to just keep going and, and, and then Eventually, like, yeah, that, that gave me a lot of hope even thinking about that where I'm like, wow, I have like these highways in my brain that are pretty like solid. But if I gave a month to just being super on top of my thoughts, kind of like what you were saying of what you're doing, of thinking about being more more connected to your thoughts and more present and that kind of thing, I'm, I'm like, if I did that intentionally for a month, I, my brain would change. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, a, 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 it, it will absolutely change. How how much I'm not exactly sure, but I know that it would change, yeah. and so I think that is that was just like an encouraging thought to me because I was like, okay, mm. yeah, things things can change.
1: <laughs> yeah, the brain is a miracle. Like I've been studying yeah. um, s- neuroscience, so the brain and like storytelling and all that. When we think about stories as well, we think about stories just in terms of something we do, like uh, an expression of art or. An expression of creativity in some ways, and it's all that. But it's also uh, the story so essential to the human condition, and it's connected to our ve- like our brains and our neurons and all that stuff. It's, it's so it it means something, and um, to also pay attention to that. At the beginning, you shared about how your friends kind of helped you slow down and recognize what was going on in your life. I think one of my desires uh, as I like listen to people's stories and then shared with a wider audience is to recognize the power of not living, uh, or running a one-man show life. Um, people are really important, whether it's family or friends, um, and, and how important it is to also willingly invite people into your process. Uh, speaking of vulnerability that you're not just like hiding and like being your own doing your own thing uh what have you observed in your process like in your personal life do you have like friends or people that surround you um and are, are helping you in a significant way to kind of keep on getting better
0: yeah yeah totally and i think that like you said it's it's essential like we are we need it <laughs> we need community and i think more than even community, it's, like, vulnerable community or, like, being able to be vulnerable with specific people. And, yeah, absolutely. I I think that that's a complete game changer, and I think that I couldn't be um, – it, it's interesting, literally just last night I was listening to um, uh, Brene Brown, of all people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, her whole thing is vulnerability, and she yeah. was talking about um, – <laughs> Yeah, the, the great round she's talking she's, about. She's uh, really
1: great. I <laughs> I, I really know. like her
0: content. Yeah. I know. She's great. And so she was just talking about how even if you how obviously how like belonging and love is what heals you. And mm-hmm. if you aren't you could go to the therapist every week and you wouldn't get better because mm-hmm. what you need actually is like belonging in love. And I was like, that's really I I mean that's totally it. And so yeah I think that community and even more more specific than community um like intentional deep relationships is super super important for the your like general yeah your general health and mm-hmm. um talking about that too, I think there's an it's interesting like yeah somebody said somebody said once, wouldn't you if we were all doing our jobs as friends then wouldn't we not need therapists like that kind of a, an idea and i think that i think that for me just from my personal experience i think what i experienced was i need for the sake of my health i need of course community and deep profound relationships And then I think that it just serves a different need having Mm. a therapist and having someone where you go to them. And I think it's for two reasons, at least for me personally, one is they're not connected to your social group at all. So it's a neutral person, which is just Mm. really helpful because you can speak without a filter about everything and anyone. And it's, it's a neutral person and they're trained, (laughs) they're trained to understand how your mind works and how 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 the human yeah how the human mind is and Mm. um and our tendencies and they actually are yeah they actually have like professional uh yeah they what's the word just they can actually help on a professional level with yeah Yeah. with what's going on Mm. and so yeah but I think it's I think it's super super key to have community and to have
1: deep vulnerable relationships yeah I totally agree with you I think it's a different function um I wouldn't yeah. replace that I think we you know therapists exist for a reason um doctors exist for a reason uh all, all of that and it's I, I like the way that you differentiated it and I, I think I'm with you it's it's different
0: exactly yeah and it's it's like the idea of community should be constant and deep yeah. meaningful relationships should be constant and then Ideally, I guess with a therapist, it's the idea of a doc, the same idea with a doctor, where it's like you're going to treat something specific and hopefully you start getting better and better. And hopefully that's ne- not needed for, for forever.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Well, Sarah, I really enjoy talking with you. I usually do this stuff where I have like random questions that I just ask people. These questions are not in any way, or maybe they could be like connected to our serious (laughs) conversation (laughs) and insightful conversations we just had. I know that you travel quite a bit or you've traveled quite a bit. And so what um, is the favorite place that you've traveled to?
0: Oh, the favorite place that I've traveled to yeah I think that I would have to say
1: um okay that is difficult hold on um I can go first then you yeah. can think <laughs> okay, okay, that's good, that's good. if that helps um <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean I have so many favorite places uh but I think one of my favorite places is an island in Sweden. Um, it's called Dyrön, I think, or like D Y R O N, um, and it uh, it was such a it was kind of out of this world. Uh, it's a no moto or no car island. Uh, you have to get wow. to it via boat. Um, it's beautiful, like, surrounded by sea. Um, I think the population was, like, I don't know, maybe 200 people, 250. So it's super tiny. Wow. Um, covered, you know, in rocks and uh, grass and sea. Uh, it was so beautiful. Uh, and I, every time I think about, like, oh, where would I like to go back to? I think about that place you 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 leave the island and go back to like life and you're like oh my gosh people live there <laughs> anyway so that's that's one of my favorite places those kind of places are really
0: surreal and yeah I right before you said that I realized what mine was and it's for similar reasons um Olesund in Norway it's oh, like in the north of Norway yeah. and it's And it's just like, there's the fjords and it's, you just feel, it feels very surreal and it Mm -hmm. feels very, and I think in general, the times that I've been in Norway, um, I like shot a wedding, a friend's wedding in Norway and everything has just been very magical. Like, especially when you're out in the nature and yeah, yeah. There's just something about that. I would imagine, yeah, well, I can't imagine that island because that would be a whole other level. Of I this agree. like untouched, like there's something about it that's yeah, feels it's untouched. Very, like it's closer that's to a heaven. good word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very it's
1: true. It has like just a sense of there's something very earth-like, like untouched, very it's like Prague. Yeah. I felt like and yeah, I like heard that Prague light. was one of the few cities that wasn't kind of destroyed during the world wars that took place. Because when I went there, I thought this feels old. Like it felt really, really old, like an old soul. And I, I feel like that was kind of the, it's a similar attribute, like this is untouched. It's really earth. And it's not kind of, um, not that I'm against like harnessing like potential or earth or like, you know, building new things, but it's like, that's exactly the feeling you get. Uh, so yay for Scandinavia! Uh, I, I I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Norway, <Yeah>. Sweden. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I I lived in Sweden for three years, and I I didn't visit Norway. It's like one of the things that I was like, what the no heck? <laughs> like oslo was two oh, yeah, hours away know. or maybe two and a half and i just never made it and i kept thinking i'll just i'll go i'll go and then you know the pandemic mm-hmm. happened and it just
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um cool yeah. but it's yeah always no it's like that beautiful. when you
0: actually live in the place it's harder to it's harder to actually get there when you yeah it's the same with like you grew up in in a city and you don't actually the tourists come and they see more things than you've ever seen because
1: yeah it's your yeah. own yeah. It's true. That is true. Okay. So my other question is what is like an artistic, uh, what is a field or an expression that you, you wished you knew how to do? Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. For example, I love music. I really do. Like it's an essential part of My day to day life, but I don't like, I don't know how to sing. Like, I can carry a tune, but I would never ever be a musician. And I wish that I was. Yeah. I get like so in tune with music and it does something deep. It's not just about the sound, like, there's something about music that resonates deeply with me, but I don't know how to make music. Yeah.
0: No, mine is mine is the exact same. It's music because Ah. I can, I can like, I can dabble in music, but. I think there's something so cool about especially like jam sessions and when people really know what they're doing and that Mm. people can just flow with one another. I think that must be the craziest feeling. (laughs) And, and I think it's such a gift. Like music is such a gift. And when somebody is a really amazing musician and they can share it with people, it's, I don't know, it's just so cool. Mm. So that would be, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Especially I love the idea of like hidden, hidden talents. I think it'd be cool to just one day somehow just like bust out a drum solo. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just something like that. I don't know. Just, it would just be so fun. Yeah. it's fun to be good at
1: music <laughs> yeah I, I totally agree with you I, I yes I totally agree with you I feel that way but I do appreciate all the people that have the talent and work hard for yeah. it and do like all that stuff it's great
0: ah uh, Sarah yeah.
1: thank you so much I want to honor your time oh, that you've you. um, told me you have and it's uh quickly get into the six. 16th hour as the French people say it's so weird to think about time in French but anyway it's quickly coming up to uh four o'clock hey are you there yeah there you are okay <laughs>
0: that's oh, good <laughs> weird. Um, oh you are not present strange yeah oh, my Wi-Fi it's because yeah. it's the fourth. it's the 16th hour <laughs> so now <laughs> Everything's just shutting down.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's like, it's time. It's time to shut down. Thank you so much. Hey, Sarah, I am (laughs) so thrilled to have like chat with you. I loved our conversation. I loved all the great pieces of your stories that you shared with me and with all the people that would listen. Mm Uh, I love your courage to engage with something difficult, uh, such as a burnout and to come out on the other side. You're truly a lovely person to chat with and to get to know. Um, and I hope, you know, they maybe have another conversation ab- about how you almost died at 25. I don't know. Something about that is like stuck in my head. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I feel like uh, that would be two. an interesting conversation to have. <laughs> um, yeah. But thank you so much. It's been a joy to, to chat with you. Oh,
0: thank you so much. You're so easy to talk to. <laughs> I love it. I feel like we could. Yeah, we could talk for hours. So. So, yeah, thank you so much.